0: Is Pull Request live from the heart of Brooklyn? Pull Request is a weekly podcast about everything in and relating to technology, with two techno experts, Eric Newman, hi, and Ryan Swiner. Oh, hello. This week's episode: Another News Day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another Pull Request. My name is. Is Eric Newman and across the country from me, my compatriot of code Ryan Swiner. Hi, how are you doing? Quite good. Lovely Sunday evening for the both of us. Uh, has the sun gone down there yet? It's, Where you are in a. It's not Las down Vegas? yet. Nope, no, it's
1: still vaguely up. It's almost gone. Uh,
0: it's, oh, it's vaguely. There's got to be a Vegas pun there. Vegas. Somewhere. Ooh, Vegasly. Vague. Gasly. Okay. Well, we don't have the time for that because we're trying to do something new on the show, which is keeping it short. We did a really good job, I think, with our new sidecar series, Hot Topic, where uh, we just did an episode about Richard Stallman. Go take a look at him at pull request.net slash HT02. You could leave that to like you want. 12 minutes. 1337. Okay. Which is a great number if you think about it. Um, Oh, yes.
1: Oh, did you? That was on purpose.
0: Uh, No, it wasn't, actually. By pure coincidence, it turned out to be 1337. And for being over 10 minutes, I think that might be the only acceptable number left. So uh, the goal, of course, is to condense all of this stuff down and to limit... I don't know. I'm so divided. I've been asking so many people about just, like, what they want out of podcasts. Or do they want a kibbutzy radio show that goes on forever? do they want something that's very concentrated and very lean, like a nice filet mignon? And... I started asking enough people to where I got dichotomous responses, so I had to stop. <laughs> so the first few people I asked were like, oh, yeah, yeah, just keep it short because, you know, it's a low commitment and we just got to get in. We got to get out. We have other stuff to do. And over the rest, you know, then over the, la- the next couple of days, I kept asking more people. And they said, well, you know, I-, I listen to all these podcasts. They're like two, three hours long. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, I just kind of drift in and out of them at work. And, you know, when they say something funny every once in a while, it catches my ear and I laugh at it. And, you know, it's still it's, it's light, but not too light. Okay. We're trying to find that equilibrium here on Pull Request, but our new sidecar series, Hot Topic, is basically a filet mignon of podcasting, ultra premium, super lean, and deliciously tasty. I'll take it. Yes. Also, we're working on a new, a new kind of experimental series about you, Ryan, and living as a, a techno nomad in your van.
1: Yeah, we can. Uh, there's a plenty of material about that there's definitely things to learn about like
0: expanding your wi-fi reach it's expand first you have to expand your mind to think about the fact that you can live in a van but you've installed hardwood floors i can't I'd, yep like you that's that's a level of proficiency like
1: a, yeah you gotta make it feel like a living room is uh, part of it the other thing that
0: no? I'm sorry, Ryan, to interrupt. Uh, That was our wonderful studio audience who we keep in a Tupperware container during the week, and we take them out on Sundays just for us. And it is getting later every minute we keep talking. It's amazing
1: they stay optimistic.
0: They stay optimistic because we give them a very precisely concocted... uh, concoction. Damn it. I need to get better at writing. <laughs> A very precisely concocted mixture of dopamine and serotonin and Adderall. And it just kind of keeps them up and alive. It's like, uh, you ever watched that movie, The Informant, with Matt Damon? Yeah. Uh, it starts out with them saying that, oh, if you feed chicken corn, they'll die. But if you feed chicken corn in this specific extract called lysine, they'll stay alive and they'll actually get bigger faster. And so that's exactly what we've done to the studio audience. Now, ironically... Because they've all got bigger, faster than we wanted to, our health insurance premiums have increased, and I might have to let some of them go. But uh, I know it's really sad. Anyway, check this out. I, uh, we have a Twitter account for the show. As I'm trying to renew the marketing efforts for Poll Request, uh, I stupidly changed the birthday of our Twitter feed to the when we started the show, which was November 20th. This is the end of we're almost finishing our third year. Now, I forgot about the fact that you have to be over 13 to technically use the internet or rather, you know, apply for online services that use your profile on the web. And because I did that, I, my, uh, the, po- the pull request podcast Twitter account was immediately locked and I have to send them a driver's license with pull request on it or something. I don't know how many to get out of that one. Okay. It's like, please send us some state identification with name, colon, pull, last name, request. Oh, thank you, Twitter. Twitter's
1: like one of the most permissive social networks for like doing anything.
0: And yet you I can... managed to get banned. I got banned trying to make an Instagram account for pull requests. That's easy. They said that I, like. I, I don't even know what the hell happened. It just, I, I immediately tried to make it, and then it said, Your account is is disabled. Please contact us for more information. I, I don't even, I don't get it. It was a brand well, new Well, I mean,
1: the, maybe the phrase pull request just sounds suggestive to them.
0: I, you know, to the people that. Write Instagram, I would hope they know what pull requests are, but that's another story. Speaking of things that make us go, ew. Uh, ah! No, no, not ew, oh, ew. I don't know if I have, I don't know if, I don't know. Can you guys do an ew? Oh! That's kind of close. Did you know that if you did an emoji.length in JavaScript, it would equal seven? But somehow, len the L, in in python the len function and you pass through it an emoji just one character the same thing is 5 S- somehow the oh and then in swift it's 17 somehow the string length with a utf8 uh, extended character in it which is what emoji are the hmm. double byte encoded emojis are coming up as inconsistent character lengths in different languages
1: it makes me think of how they represent them like in slack where it'll be two colons and a word in between. So that was like my first guess for what the difference between uh python and js would be doing. Like there must be some there must be some character that denotes the start and end of it or there must be some something and then like Well, that it gets... has
0: to it has to do with how it has to do with how the characters are encoded in unicode and somehow they're being somehow uh, they're being counted differently as in like the emoji might be counted as one character in UTF-32, two characters in UTF-16, and four in UTF-8, mm-hmm. and so that might lead to some of that inconsistency. Of, that might even not be necessarily a language inconsistency, but like a platform inconsistency. You know, I, what mean, I mean, these
1: things were never they were never designed for, like considered you know as part of the specif- as part of the specification. Way they conceived well no but i mean unicode gets extended
0: unicode gets extended every once in a while and every few years and emoji are pretty much everywhere now and there is some kind of interoperability between different platforms and different apps and how they handle uh, emoji but at the same time like if you're sending let's say you're sending a text to somebody else i don't know i don't know how the characters would be encoded excuse me like do they fall back to a whatever the lowest common denominator is i i don't know
1: yeah, I've no no way of knowing. I didn't. I this is today is the uh, the first I've learned of this. I never thought about the problem, but it makes it makes sense to me that there would be some kind of encoding variability or just some sort of lack of consensus with different languages handling that particular problem.
0: Yes, and check this out. In addition to having a double byte encoded emoji, they might also have a double byte encoded modifier for skin tone or something else or gender or something else. So. That really uh, magnifies the amount of, you know. That really magnifies the amount of characters in a specific in a specific string, or how the characters are counted in a specific string when you're dealing with certain character encodings. Hmm. So anyway, yeah. uh, this is the
1: next thing I thought was uh, our next topic. I thought was pretty interesting going through this article about uh, using um, FCF and Ripgrep.
0: Yes, actually, I'm sorry. The there's been line? a there's yes. Uh, That's right. It's funny because I read this a few months ago now, um, but I never really used it, and these GIFs look amazing. It's a Medium article about a a couple of Bash utilities called FZF, Fuzzy Finder, and it basically does the same kind of text searching uh, that you would see in any kind of modern text editor like Sublime or VS Code, but it does it to the command line. Uh, along with something called ripgrep, which has been the fastest reimplementation of grep, so much it's so much faster that it basically kills the original grep, hence its name. And uh, between the two of them, they allow you to do many things efficiently, including killing processes or uh, installing blue pl- uh, homebrew plugins more uh, more intelligently, or finding binaries when they ask you to add them to your path variable in, in Unix. Um, a lot of stuff. You can even check features on caniuse.com. dot com. Uh, the guy who wrote this Medium article wrote another little utility that hooks into CanIUse and caches their uh, responses for a day. So I have to uh, get this a on plugin. Brew or something. Yeah, uh, that is a, that is a good question. I would just go to this Medium article or try Brew install fzf and see what happens. Yeah, and, uh, I'm, Brew I'm literally at the command line checking this out. Well, I wouldn't Here do that goes. while. You're online and broadcasting stuff to me. You never know mm. what could happen. Not the best. It's like, oh, yeah, let me try the new Mac OS Catalina on the phone. That's not the... No. Well, we can wait until...
1: I like to we can... live dangerously, I guess.
0: How about another computer? Why don't you just do it on uh, another computer?
1: I, I should have one of those. I don't know you why. You should. I okay.
0: Let's, let's let's move on, but um, yes... Definitely try, definitely try out FZF and ripgrep. Uh, there was a late addition to today's newsday episode, which, as a quick tangent, and yes, by the way, i still on quicktangent.com. Our newsday episode is something that we uh, we have every every few weeks. It's actually, I guess, now every couple of months, as we don't really co- want to cover general technology news because so many other people do. You know, what are we going to say? Oh, check out Apple's new iPhone. It's no, but I don't do that. But the thing is. Every once in a while, there's – or I should say after a while, we have a few stories that queue up, and we want to talk about them. And one of them is uh, the distribution of computers – users' computer skills are actually a lot worse than we think. There was a new study that came out uh, testing people between uh, ages 16 and 65 uh, about their computer skills. And 14% of the adult population, I guess this was a total of 215,942 people, were tested with the OECD, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, which is a club of industrialized countries. I don't, know. I don't know who those industrialized countries are, but they're industrial. About 14% of the adult pop you know what, let's put on some, a little, little happier music for this depressing uh,
1: you know what I thought was funny is the omission of uh, like they don't have data for India in this uh, in this chart.
0: They're not one of the industrialized nations.
1: I I guess not. You would think. I mean, you would think they would. In, maybe it's not one of the industrialized nations, but you would think they would include it just because of the profound effect that country has on everyone else's computer. On, users. Yeah, on everyone else's computer users. But you would think their numbers would be fantastic.
0: Or maybe it's just the few of them that. I don't know. The few of them that actually managed to have most of the jobs. I don't, I don't know how it works, actually, because India has a billion people. I don't uh, either. I, I want to know them. yeah, I know. And it, uh, looks, it looks like the countries are most of Europe, uh, form an, former Ottoman Empire, uh, Eastern Europe, Japan, UK, US, basically North America... And it just looks like countries of South America and big Korea, South Korea for them
1: to have data. It's like countries just big enough for them to have a bunch of data about. Well, this.
0: I, I, I would say countries that have Facebook and people using a lot of it, perhaps would be a good way. Of, perhaps okay. would be a good way of looking at it. Anyway, fourteen percent of the adult population were below level one. That is, they couldn't even get off the ground. People mm-hmm. who are at level one can do tasks that are based on well-defined problems involving the use of only one function within a generic interface to meet explicit criteria without any categorical or inferential reasoning or transforming information of information like, delete this email message. 14% of the adult population, that's, I mean, I mean that's, uh, that's 35,000, almost 36,000 people couldn't say, uh, delete this email message in an email app. And this is in industrialized nations. This isn't the you know the, the, the impoverished nations that we've imperialized. <clears throat> uh, 29% of the adult population are at level 1, which, like I mentioned, allow you to do simple things, like delete an email message or Google search something. Uh, there's little to no navigation required to access the information or commands required to solve the problem. <clears throat> level 2, 26%, slightly less than level 1. Tasks that typically require the use of both generic and more specific technology applications. For instance, the respondent may have to make use of a novel online form. Some navigation across pages and applications is required to solve the problem. Uh, Here's an example. You want to find a sustainability-related document that was sent to you by John Smith in October of last year. That's level two. Okay. Level three is... Something like, you want to know what percentage of the emails sent by John Smith last month were about sustainability. This requires the use of tools and some navigation, like Level 2, but they, inv- they might involve multiple steps and operators. The goal of this problem may have to be defined by the respondent, and the criteria may or may not be explicit. Mm. Level 4, like I mentioned, they can't use computers at all. Okay. I'm sorry. So the, level, the, so the levels were level zero, as in below level one, and all the way up to level three. Level four is you, they can't use a computer at all, which is like level minus one. Hmm. That's 26% of the adult population. So it's roughly split between the people that can find an email from somebody, find an email about somebody in a given date range... And the amount of people who can't use computers at all.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's surprising yeah. that it's that rough.
0: It's that rough. And so as we're trying to make things that just work or we're trying to make things that involve a little bit uh, more, I don't know what to say, a little bit more help from the user, uh, we have to remember that most of them don't know anything. So, I remember uh, uh,
1: Maren the uh, the CEO for MetaVision... He was talking about, um, he was doing a presentation for how good augmented reality hardware was going to be, the changes it was going to make people feel with interacting with computer interfaces, and he talked about how essentially our our computer interfaces are just a bunch of little boxes on these little screens that we we very unnaturally focus ourselves at, and he said, but we, we love these machines, and it's because of the information we get from them, but... Our technology has gotten so good that we fail to recognize how bad it is, how bad the interface is, and how bad our mode of interaction with it is. And it just goes to show you that technology, as good as it is, still is not a natural thing for the human animal to interact with.
0: No, it's not. And honestly, I, I, I have a feeling we'll crack it this century, but it's going to happen when we're really old, and then all the young people won't understand why we don't get it. Just like with the baby boomers, except we'll say, No, I used to know how to use computers. What's a computer? I have this thing implanted in my brain. Yeah, it'll be like the, like a brain stem. Remember interface. keyboards and startup sounds? No, we don't. Shut up, Grandpa. Or take more of your pills. We have neural I lace now. I used to use AOSI. We have neural lace now. Yeah, exactly. However, if you manage to purchase NeuroLase from a specific medical provider in the last 18 months, you may be il- eligible for a cash settlement. Call 1-800-SOKOLOV-LAW-FIRM for more. Uh, <clears throat> all those meshes and laces actually have a lot of problems medically. I don't know. Do I don't they? know why. Oh, yeah. there's. I, I won't go into it. but uh, Just look up. There's a lot of sensitive body areas. Let's say that uh, if you had a, a, very, a very serious operation, they had to replace part of you with a mesh. I read another article today that is like some spinal mesh or whatever. It's like, oh, they haven't... It's like a class action suit against the people that made it. So, Oh, I was thinking anyway, of
1: the the, the the Neuralink, specifically the stuff being proposed by Elon and company. Um, essentially I'm not, like, I mean,
0: I'm not discounting that when it's actually built out.
1: Yeah, it's that's going to be an
0: interesting one. Or you get the discount version with the Groupon. One Russia of my friends got discount injected. LASIK and somehow he's totally fine.
1: Just sounds like a bad thing to get discounted.
0: Yes. By the way, if you've taken a Long Island Railroad this month, watch out for measles. (laughs) The Nassau Mm. County Department of Health has issued a warning that has confirmed its second case of measles in the country within recent weeks.
1: That's... Uh, take that,
0: anti-vaxxers. Yes, more specifically, the patient traveled on the Long Island Railroad on September 11th. Bad day. September 12th Mm. and again on the 14th. They also took the MTA shuttle between the Minella and Hempstead stations on September fourteenth and ate at the. They actually know who this person is. Jesus, they know who it is. Man, get your shots, I mean, because I they, they, I mean, they're giving his like, oh yeah, and he ate lunch at this place.
1: Oh man, so, so they're like this they followed the, the measles path. They like
0: this. He sat in this seat. <laughs> if you had the yeah, if you if you sat in this one seat and you accidentally leaned on the window, make sure to get your booster shot. He likes falafel. Um,
1: we know he yeah. likes falafel.
0: Here's another one. Oh, actually, you know what? Uh, Why don't we... You know what? Why don't we do this, actually? We used to have a segment on this show, and I say used to in the name of cutting stuff out for time's sake, but until until this mixer starts giving me stuff where it won't let me pot up and down again, why don't we take a quick break for some more local news with our thing that I just... Moved out of my uh, call. Here it is. Let's take a break. (laughs) Sorry. Why don't we take a quick turn into some local news with our New York Minute. Where we take a look at your five boroughs. This week, first, there was a guy in the Long Island Railroad that had measles and rode a lot of Nassau County. I'm glad I just live here. I'm insulated, Ryan, since you're not in New York, I'm insulated from Nassau County by Queens, so I'm fine here in Brooklyn, in the county of Kings. I don't even know about these counties. I didn't use it. informed me that there were counties Yes, each borough you. is a county in okay. the city of New York. It's the only city that has mud. Actually, that's not true anymore. Anyway, uh, check this out. In uh, the Boga Raton of Brooklyn and Williamsburg, they're going to broadcast a bad symbol because yesterday was National New York Day, which... Oh, we have too many of these national days.
1: That just means um, that, that you'll get, like, vigilante crime, like, people that are going to dress up in costumes and go out and fight crime, because that's already a
0: thing. Yeah, it's called cosplaying or larping.
1: But no, no but there's, there's people that have really done it that have really gone out to like fight petty crime in costumes. Well, there were there
0: were the guardian angels that were vigilante, uh, vigilante, quote unquote, police, uh, justice bringers on the subway back in the, the back in the seventies and eighties, maybe the early nineties. Uh, but this is something much more innocuous than that. In Williamsburg, the Boca of Brooklyn, like I mentioned last night at eight pm, they blasted the bat signal out until midnight. That's great. The signal will also if be projected can, in Los Angeles, Rome, I'll Paris, Barcelona, there, London, South Paulo, Montreal, Melbourne, Mexico anywhere, City, Tokyo, Berlin, and Johannesburg. So you, Hopefully this does not confuse the Batman. Stay tuned to the same know. Bat Channel. They put one on
1: one of the government buildings in downtown Los Angeles after Adam West Yeah, they West said died. it was City
0: Hall mm-hmm. in 2017. Yeah, I remember seeing it. Is that when Adam West died?
1: Yeah, that was what it was for.
0: Well, now we have a new bat signal for a new era of Batman that's actually not even Christian Bale. But along. speaking of something that would really benefit from a Batman, uh, and happened today and not last night, there was a man who was robbed of $1,000 at night Point in a wrong subway station, chased after the crooks, and then got robbed again. Question I mean, is, what is a twenty-five-year-old doing with a thousand dollars in cash in the Bronx? I think on the middle of now, two fifteen a.m. Saturday morning, yeah. And a backpack. Yeah. Suspicious. I'm not saying he asked for it because that's never okay. But you can you know, connect the dots and see what he was doing. Yeah. And that's it, really. Oh, uh, sorry. I used to do it this way. And that's been our New York Minute. If I can make it it there. Uh, All right. Got us short on time. See, I forgot how to do some of these segments because I've convinced myself that we don't need to do them because we're already 26 minutes into the show.
1: Are we? I thought it was. How the hell do we just. Maybe it's 20 minutes.
0: How do we do 20, 40 minutes of a show and have, and like, you know, talk to each other? Uh,
1: uh well i don't know I guess you guys just go for it maybe this is why rogan goes for three hours at a time
0: no but you know we also we don't smoke uh, we don't smoke anything during the show that's maybe one that's of the reasons why factor. rogan can go for three hours well uh i i'll say no i mean it okay. is a limiting factor as in my ability to deliver the show if you, if you okay if you must know it just makes you really hey man, welcome to Pork poor crap my name is eric I forgot what we were talking about today. I'm not, I'm not doing that.
1: So in the, in the free speech news here. Um, the, yes, I don't the have China, music for
0: that. The
1: Uyghurs uh, issue. That is a super strange thing. I mean, I've, I've been to Western China. And actually, I have this big tiger painting. I have this big uh, watercolor painting that I like hang on the wall. It's an unfinished painting. It just has a tiger. Is it a tiger, tiger painting with Charlie Sheen's face? Oh man, no, I don't think this was oh. this was, this predates that for that uh that thing. But is it? there was oh. no there was no background on this painting. It's just a tiger. Usually they have these big, very colorful backgrounds, but mine is just the tiger with some script written on it. But it was actually given to me by a a Uyghur family. Um and I didn't actually know the significance of that uh at the time. But I was in western China in Xi'an where half the town is, like, Muslim Chinese people, and they have different food, different customs, and I had no idea this um, these sort of re-education camps were going on. But it is, it is very like China to get groups of people and um, slowly re-educate them over the course of many years. If you look back to the, um, the Korean War, they did a very good job of this with like capturing American soldiers and slowly re educating them to have very different perspectives on America and the war and stuff.
0: Yes. It's crazy. That's very serious. And uh and Twitter seems to be complicit in helping disseminate this propaganda, it's interesting. I've, I've seen this trend recently. We have a couple more articles that are very similar to this with different tech companies doing businesses with countries and governments that are uh, less than reputable, let's say, or at least, you know, with their, po- with their people, and everyone likes making a buck. And you know that censorship, this type of censorship, is coming here eventually. So these companies need test markets to test out their technology, which then they'll scale up in a few years for us. So, uh, cool. this is one of them. The Global Times paid Twitter to promote its tweets to a portion of the more than 300 million active users on the social media platform. The tweets appeared in users' timelines regardless of whether they followed the Global Times account. In July, amid global condemnation of the treatment of the Uyghurs and Ying and Jingyang... Uh, Twitter became promoted, uh, began promoting several Global Times tweets about the region. One of them from July 11th uh, included an embedded video in which the Global Times editor-in-chief claimed that people who referred to the facilities in Xinjiang as mass detention camps have, quote, smeared the vocational education and training centers established to help people avoid this extremism. He went on to attack quote, European politicians and media workers who, had claimed, who he had claimed tried to defend terrorist activities in Xinjiang. Mm. Other Global Times ads promoted by Twitter follow a similar theme, presenting the region as a happy and peaceful place where no human rights abuses, abuses have occurred. Just like the U.S. Mm. Yeah.
1: There's really, it's just really hard to, really hard to buy anything the Chinese government says. They just, like the nine dash line thing in the South China Sea, uh, things they basically just like make up to justify their actions, and then.
0: Well, I mean, I, I have to ask, Ron. You know, what do you do you really believe a lot of the stuff that the American government says? No, no, I don't.
1: But we yeah. we also have a culture of not believing what the government says, and this is one of the things that I mean, having lived over there and and learned the language to a degree, um, I'm very familiar with the difference in sentiment toward the government in china like they they don't distrust the government they don't they don't have that that's a very western and possibly even just an american thing to just generally distrust everything the government says
0: which is i'd say it's a generally a good idea but i have a feeling that sentiment is even going away especially if once we get the right person in office but i digress Speaking of something stateside, the NRA nearly doubled its spending on pro-gun Facebook ads for three weeks after the mass shootings in El Paso, Texas, and Dayton, Ohio. Mm. Jeez. Where did that come from? The social advertising surge began just one day after the El Paso massacre, which left 22 people dead, and on the same day as the Dayton killings, which took 10 lives. Mm. At one point in this period, the NRA was spending twenty 29- nine a day on Facebook ads, nearly four times as much as before the shootings, according according to an analytics firm uh, called Pathmatics that monitors online ad spending. Spending was conducted through NRA's lobbying arm, the Institute for Legislative Action, which reads like uh, the Center for Tobacco Studies. Out of that, out of that, what is that, what is that movie? Thank you for smoking. Thank you for smoking. Yeah, it was a good movie. Uh, which in the four weeks before the shooting spent on average ninety four hundred a day on Facebook ads, and they bl- bumped that up to twenty nine thousand. Jeez! Between August fourth and twenty fifth, the institute spent around three hundred sixty thousand dollars in Facebook, roughly sixteen point five thousand a day, reaching the peak that we mentioned earlier on August eighteenth. Ugh. Ugh. I, can't, I don't even. I don't know what to make of that. Can't? Where's the like? Can't you kill people with kindness? That wasn't even supposed <laughs> to be a joke. <laughs>
1: it's like, what are you...
0: <laughs> that wasn't actually part of the pun. Uh... No, but I mean, like, can't they... Like, the NRA, whatever, I don't want to get political. The NRA needs to, you know... I, they, they should not... This is the opposite of what they should be doing. Talk about, like, responsible gun ownership and not just, remember, we have the right to own firearms right after a, a, numerous shootings. Yeah, we know. We know we do. So... Yeah, yeah, talked about the Chinese government, uh, and Google is working with Egypt, something similar. They're trying to restaff their uh, Egyptian office, despite the well documented abuses by the Sisi government. Well, they're a bunch of sissies, sorry. Uh, against <laughs> dissidents and activists, which it facilitates using mass and targeted internet surveillance by blocking news, human rights, and blogging websites, kind of like China. Um. Yeah,
1: but with a, a more Middle Eastern flair to it.
0: Exactly. And Pharaohs. It's kind of cool. The company yeah. also recently consulted with the Egyptian government on a data protection bill, and then it talks to partner with the Egyptian government to expand its Marat Min Google skins for, or Skills from Google program, excuse me. <laughs> skills from Google program, which has provided digital training for entrepreneurs through a partner organization over the past year. The expansion would be overseen by a government ministry. Like,
1: uh, my friend, please, you tell me, tell me what you know about these people. They not, they not do nice things. I want to know where, where this reporter lives who says these things.
0: Yeah. Google's renewed sentiment with Egypt comes just a year after the company sparked outrage when Google planned to develop a censored search engine for use in China. I'm sure because they want some of Jack Ma's money. Uh, in which it codenamed Dragonfly. When Google had previously ended its search services in China in 2010, co founder Sergey Brin referenced the government's poor tolerance for dissent as a reason for the pullout. It made some nice headlines. Uh, but Dragonfly has been shelved after harsh criticism, criticism from Google employees, advocacy groups, and the U.S. Congress. But the Cairo office will open full time in September, so do what you will with that. <laughs> Last bit on free speech is that YouTube, which is the place where free speech goes to die, uh, had indicated it was going to limit its new... It was going to change, I should say, its verification guidelines and limit it to only established brands and the biggest personalities. Like, not us. Like
1: PewDiePie and stuff?
0: Yeah, like PewDiePie, who got a plaque for 100 million subscribers that made Google billions of dollars that he doesn't have. Um, Man. But yet he managed to survive his anti-Semitism takedown stuff, so good for him. Uh, uh, let's see. So YouTube indicated that it was going to limit verification to only established brands and the biggest personalities like us and PewDiePie. Uh, but it meant that the typical YouTuber seemingly had no chance of being verified unless they became a top creator on the site. Yeah, it's almost like they're trying to reintroduce the 20th century broadcasting model online. Oh, wait, they are. Well, Not only that, but you – They are. Because they want to limit they, everyone has a voice, but they want to limit the people who have voices to the you know one point one percent of the population that plays ball with Google, which is exactly what TV networks do for distribution.
1: Yeah, and humans just have a natural stratification engine built into our heads where we just start looking for ways to create little hierarchies that there's make no ourselves
0: way, better than other people.
1: Yeah, there's no way around that. That's just baked into that's just baked into the fabric well, of the brain.
0: That's true. But there were considerable backlash from the community after the announcement was made since YouTubers view verification as a status symbol. Mm-hmm. Great. Um so the YouTube snitches. CEO, I'm sorry?
1: Starbelly sneezes.
0: Yes. The YouTube the YouTube CEO Susan Wojcik what Wajiki? Wajikiki. That Polish name? Uh, uh she's apologized so Polish. And <laughs> <laughs> apologized later. Uh, apologized earlier and said that they're going to revert the decision. Uh, but they're still going to make a small change, which is that they're actually going to vet to see if the channel exists and is filled with real people, which apparently hasn't been done before. Hmm. So that's something. I bet I wonder, uh,
1: that name probably is pronounced like Washakaw.
0: Or something like that. I don't even
1: know. I don't know how to pronounce Polish, but I'm just guessing. I should. I am All I can tell you
0: from what I know on how to pronounce Polish is that the way that you would pronounce it in American English is not at all how it actually sounds. Yeah, it's not at all. It's like woszka or something like that. It's probably what that sounds like. Oh, there's one more thing, by the way. Um, You've heard of Chef, right? Not from South Park, but the enterprise software maker Chef that helps... uh, Team it's like a CICD
1: software tool,
0: right? Uh, they apparently got a nice government contract with the Immigrations and Customs Enforcement Agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, yeah, but because the
1: creator, the creator pulled the project, Seth Fargo, pulled but it, it from started. In
0: a, yeah, that's right. Well, it, well, it was because they were using something, some kind of open source piece that. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody pulled after a similar to Richard – an analogous rally to what happened with Richard Stallman where a white woman makes a Twitter post uh, about something deplorable, and it, seemed, and it snowballs into something big that actually makes a difference, which you know, I guess works. Um, so there's a Twitter user that said, hey, uh, Chef, would you mind providing a statement on your $100,000 contract with ICE and a link to it? Chef didn't really seem to have – or the, the people who work for Chef didn't really seem to have much of an explanation or an apology. So the person who wrote that piece of code uh, after reaching out to them just pulled it from GitHub, and he said it was so critical that within hours, uh, they, they started – he started crippling their business indirectly.
1: That's uh, that's pretty great. That's just the power of, the
0: of, power of, of developers. Of cloud-based dependencies, honestly. Uh, I mean, think, I guess it's because whenever they auto-scale, they have to rebuild the server, and then that requires a dependency, which they fetch from GitHub. But if he, if he takes it down, then the server's not going to be able to create, and it would essentially kill their business. Be but,
1: nice to your developers, folks. We have more power over your business than you would like well, to know. Well,
0: it's about, it's about this kind of activism that I, I don't really I, – I, I, I don't – I have a hard time – I don't know. I don't want to get political – but I, I I don't support any of the the uh, deplorable actions that our government is taking, especially against marginalized groups and immigrants. However, I think that we shouldn't necessarily have a binary stance on the issue either. It's not like ICE are doing this on their own. So
1: no, but I do agree with having I do agree with like having small actors be able to put thorns in the side of things when they can. I think that's, yes, and, that's and in a fact, cool this thing. is really
0: democracy in action. So if you look at it from that perspective, fantastic. Um, and Ch- Chef, I almost said Chef because I live in Bushwick. Chef. Um, <laughs> chef wanted to make uh, a, a buck because they know that everyone else is doing it. They see what Google is doing with their Egypt office and they see how Twitter's helping out China and how Facebook is getting in, uh, is getting screwed by Washington. And, uh, they want a piece of the pie. And so they try, and they said, oh, here's a $100,000 contract. And they said, yeah, that's great. That's somebody's salary. And, uh, yeah, mm. so uh, here's something similar. In August, fifteen hundred Google employees signed a petition asking the companies to stop working with ICE and CBP, which is the communication for the Committee for Broadcast Patrol. No, sorry, the Customs and Border Protection. I was trying to come up with a funny name, but that's uh, a little too serious for this. Um,
1: yeah, gotta be quick for that kind of thing. Gotta be real quick. Gotta be
0: real quick and real quick. funny. And yeah, funny. the funny part's the hard part. I don't have That's to the practice. hard part. I could be quick, but it's not, that doesn't work well in live. Uh, you ever tried to do stand-up? It's really hard. Let's not talk about that. Uh, it's gonna, it's <laughs> up there with when it's up, it's up there with, uh, when the MIT Media Lab called me and told me I didn't get it, What we talked about on our last hot topic. By the way, um, uh, Chef CEO Barry Christ, Barry Christ acknowledged that employees might feel uncomfortable. Might feel uncomfortable with the new contract. Quote, I do not believe that it is appropriate, practical, or within our mission to examine specific government projects with the purpose of helping me buy a new yacht. So please, everybody, let's hold hands and help me and my 401k mature to the – no. Uh, my goal to continue is to continue growing Chef as a company that transcends numerous presidential administrations. That's not saying anything other than basically what I said for him. So,
1: That's a pretty odd statement.
0: It is. And on the back of that, uh, The Verge has a video on how to shut down a website. Now, I don't know if it's how a website – the way that it's worded is how to shut down a website, not how a website gets shut down, as in this is a call to action to whenever – a website is accused of having hateful content on it. You go through this checklist, another checklist of items, and then they'll not exist anymore. Isn't that great?
1: Is it more like how to? Is it how to DDoS or is it how to? It's how to pressure.
0: It. It's a, they have a whole, have a whole and... list, and I, I don't have my uh, the my, I don't have my computer plugged into the mixer, so I can't. Uh, I can't really tell you, but it has to do with uh, it has to do with ddosing. It has to go with the registrars. It has to go with the host. It has to do with the ISP. It has to do with uh, their CDN. And you just keep going down the ladder from there. It's basically exactly what I said What happened to Alex Jones after he got deplatformed. You can laugh at Alex Jones. You can laugh at me getting stupidly banned from Facebook. You can laugh at 8chan. You can laugh at anti-vaxxers getting banned and demonetized. You can laugh at Republicans. One day, they're going to come for you, and your opinion is going to be considered marginally inappropriate, and your life will be over in one way or another.
1: Yeah, well, I think what we're at the— And I,
0: I just don't like—I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's not, I say this almost every time, and I try to say it as best I can without cursing, but it's so important to me and us as Americans that we preserve this one very special edict about America, the United States, and the United States, the United States culture, which is that we shouldn't become the— We shouldn't become the Stalinist government ourselves while having free speech on the books. You know what I mean? It's, you know, the government... Can't make a law to prohibit to inhibit you your speech to prohibit you from speaking. Corporations yeah. definitely can, and when the and the, when the world is owned by five companies and they all agree that they're going to ban you, you effectively don't exist. And everyone goes, yeah, it's terms of service, and you said a dirty word, you said this thing that wasn't true. Well, you say things that aren't true, you just don't know it yet.
1: I just so, keep my – I keep my optimism up with future technology, so it's always. You know, next generation technology is an answer to the problems created by previous generation technology. I
0: think that next generation technology is only going to make it easier to facilitate this type of BS. I don't think
1: so. I think same way that uh, Facebook isn't doing so well with their Calibra project because they have a face, whereas Bitcoin and Ripple and Ethereum, they're sort of like act first and then ask for forgiveness, and then if you don't get it, who cares, later. Like, Calibra can't even get off the ground because they have a face. The government can sort of point at them and say, no, you can't do it unless it meets these requirements. Meanwhile, the rest of the decentralized ecosystem is just carrying on with whatever crazy antisocial plans they have.
0: Well, I wonder if it's because they have a face or it's because they're a giant company that basically has the same net worth as one of the big banks.
1: It's the same thing. It's but like,
0: like if J.P. Morgan wanted to launch a cryptocurrency, they have to you ask.
1: Know? Yeah, they have to, ask. They have to Whereas, ask.
0: But if you wanted to start one, Ryan, just you, you don't have to ask anyone I'll because ask no anybody. one. And then you'll get a nasty letter from the IRS and it'll tell you to stop because that. And it's ironic too because these companies that have to ask also don't pay any taxes. Yeah, money.
1: how many how many letters do you think they've tried to send to Satoshi Nakamoto?
0: Well, <laughs> the You're biggest like, joke Satoshi. is Satoshi. He's not actually real. Anyway, yeah. moving on. Uh, other activism. This is a very activist-friendly news day that we're having. I, th- I think we maybe You want to put on some... Can we put on some happier, happier music? Like, uh... That's kind of intense. Thousands of young people ascended in Foley Square in Manhattan on Friday for a planned march against the global climate. Outside of New York City, in a show of solidarity, protesters crammed into the streets around the world, from Mexico City to Berlin to Acara. Anything? Anybody in Vegas? Did that happen in Vegas?
1: Oh, I doubt it. It's just too hot here in New York. People. Early
0: estimates from the mayor's office said that at least sixty thousand people took part in the march, including our excuse me mayor. Organize, uh, organizers said it was closer to two hundred fifty thousand people. Quote, climate change is going to become irreversible in a number of years that keeps changing based on the latest models, said somebody who doesn't really matter. It's the biggest thing ever. Hmm. This global climate strike, it's not just a bunch of millennials complaining like Occupy Wall Street was. Um, it's about, it's a, a few, a few, or I, I should say a lot of the major tech companies, which are only a few of them now have really got in the boat and are trying to shift mostly their data centers, which I guess is the largest sucker of energy, largest consumer of energy, trying to move their data centers to be more sustainable and more renewable, especially as more of our world goes to the web. You Mm -hmm. know, like I mentioned in the hot topic about React Day, it's hilarious that we're going all the way back to a thin client and time-shared mainframes. So in order to get back there, the cloud or serverless communications, or as I prefer to call it, the void needs to get even bigger. And if it's even bigger, it needs to consume more energy, and so you need these companies that have data centers to kind of agree to not pollute the environment, or at least to minimize their profile as best they can. Their footprint as best they can. Jeff Bezos, who is a cross between steve jobs and joe rogan it looks like uh says amazon will work drastically to reduce its carbon emissions with the ultimate goal of becoming carbon neutral in 2040 which is actually 10 years earlier than the paris accords
1: great jeff bezos is just like a he's like an incentive robot so as long as society gets the incentives right amazon will be the best thing ever
0: if, if you I don't know it, right. how that necessarily factors into him switching to more renewable, like uh, renewable energy. Well, but
1: he wouldn't have done that if someone wasn't, if it wasn't being measured, if it wasn't somehow important in the social.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure di- they have some kind of uh, forecasting model for the stock price, and they're like, oh, you know, this climate thing is being is becoming a big deal. If you just say this the day before, by the way, all these companies said this literally the day before the climate march. Like ah. that's not telling. Like that's not telling. Yeah, uh, you know. Oh, we'll we'll get we'll go gangbusters, and then we could tell the people on the day of the climate march that we're committed to the climate of the future and making sure that the millennials can have as many children as possible while also hating everybody and refusing to have sex. It's the.
1: Um, I think we're gonna end up in like a horse droppings dilemma, the same way they did in the twentieth century. Where,
0: where it causes a lot con- of disease And smells oh, yeah, yeah. really bad until you well, clean yeah, it up they were, they were But it's still kind of around today the, the streets being full
1: with horse dung But it ended up Have you have you been to Central Park lately, Ryan?
0: Because
1: guess what? Not. Is that a problem over there? <laughs>
0: still there! Well, Definitely
1: still there um, on horses. Anyway.
0: <laughs> I feel sorry for those horses Because I'm sure I mean, I'm mean, sure It was even nicer for them 100 years What are you doing? Oh yeah, I'm going to stop weird. playing with this pool noodle thing Okay, you have a very sensitive microphone. Do I? It picks up all the things you... It, it'll pick up you swallowing the phlegm that drains down your nose. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: It's anyway. special. It's very good and very bad at the same time.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, look, I, 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 I've I spent years dealing with that myself. So, yeah, just throw that away. Uh uh Bezos' Bezos's goal for is for 80 percent of uh, amazon's energy to become renewable by 2024 and by 20... Uh, whatever uh here's another one here's an uh they they, they they amazon's climate policy they uh promise to measure and report greenhouse emissions great uh implement decarbonization strategies in line with the paris accord through real business changes and innovations including uh stuff it doesn't matter I was uh, it is, they're not saying state anything substantial changes. Yeah, they're not saying anything substantial, including efficiency improvements, renewable energy, materials. I remember when George W. Bush would talk about switchgrass every year. He said that eight times.
1: I mean, all they really got to do is just talk to Elon saying and get a this. bunch of solar panels and batteries. It's really all you need, and that fixes most
0: of these problems. Neutralize any remaining emissions with additional quantifiable real, permanent, Ooh. and socially beneficial offsets. Here's the thing. As in... Indulgences to achieve... Okay, so they're also buying into the the cap-and-trade market where you can buy carbon indulgences well, and just here's, keep polluting.
1: Here's the thing. Um, Amazon placed the largest order for light-duty electric trucks in history. They ordered 100,000 trucks from Rivian. So that's an actual... That? Uh, that was pretty recent. That's like in the last week or so. But they ordered 100,000 trucks from Rivian, so it's the largest infrastructural, like, um, purchase of delivery vehicles yet.
0: Wow. Well, here's this. Google made the biggest corporate purchase of renewable energy ahead of the climate strikes again the day before. They're, they plan to include a 1,600-megawatt package of wind and solar agreements and 18 new energy deals, increasing the company's agreements by 40%, according to them. More than $2 billion will go to building out new infrastructure across the United States, Europe, and Chile as well. The purchases is equivalent to the capacity of a million solar rooftops, Sundar Pichai said in a blog post on Thursday, which he didn't mention to... Uh, I'm not going to say that. That was another bad joke. Not going to mention how much his carbon footprint was on his blog. Anyway, uh, he continued. In all, our renewable energy fleet now stands at 52 projects, driving more than seven billion dollars in new construction and thousands of related jobs. Take that, Ryan and Jeff Bezos and Amazon okay. with your light electric plug-in truck. You know who else sells a ton of plug-in trucks? Walmart. You can get them for 25 bucks. You just can't ride them if you're over 60 pounds. Uh,
1: so you know what? I, I was I was wondering about. Um, the scale of world energy consumption. And when you hear a number like, oh, they they have a 300, making a 300 megawatt class storage facility or power generation facility based on renewable tech, I start to wonder, like, how big does an energy system have to be before it actually fulfills the entire world's electricity requirements? Well, uh-huh. In 2017, electricity consumption was 21,000, roughly 21,000 terawatt hours. So to figure out how much, how many solar panels and uh, how much battery capacity, you would basically need one day of that in generation and storage capacity in order to
0: provide all of the world's power. Actually, you were wrong. It's... In 2015, it was 158 terawatt hours. Um, 158,000, I'm sorry, terawatt hours.
1: Looking at here, I'm looking at this. I'm uh, looking at some numbers here. This is
0: the t- world total primary energy supply. Oh, gross, I'm sorry.
1: Gross electricity production. So I'm looking... That's
0: production. That's not consumption.
1: Production. Okay. So there's production. What do we got for... They got to have the opposite. Right, here's consumption. Consumption... We're looking at, like, 20,000-ish terawatt-hours. Oh, I'm sorry. Hours. Get uh? So, terawatt-hours, so you divide that by 365 and get the amount of power used in a day. And then you basically need batteries... Times ten twenty
0: 20, or times 1,000 divided by however many uh, uh, gigawatt-hours Google said that they're they buying. Yeah, cuz it right, wasn't even terawatts. Hours, so was, you need, or was it
1: So so 20,000 divided by
0: 365 you got like 50 Okay, I'm sorry. Terawatt so 1600 hours a day. No, but this is a this is a 1% or actually it's a 0.01% because it's six. it's 1600 megawatts. No, it is 1%. Yeah, so yeah, it's mega giga tera, so gigawatts got, 1.6 gigawatts. And our total energy consumption is 20,000 terawatts. Gigawatts is so pretty good. So that's not doing... I I know it's pretty good, but that's not doing anything to really help out the world. But it's a definitely a good step in the right direction. Um, moving on. Uh-oh. I just closed all my, my tabs in the show. Oh, no. I hope this... Oh, good. Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, so we talked about... We talked about Amazon. We talked about Google. Let's talk about Microsoft. Microsoft wor- workers have released a letter that sounds like it came out of Left Book, which says that Microsoft is complicit in the climate crisis and that we want to stage a strike against Microsoft, a protest against Microsoft because of this complicity, because they have an agreement with Exxon, which they say... Uh, I, just had, uh, I just had the line... Uh, It used used the word... Oh, here we go. To accelerate creation of innovative petrotechnical in digital technologies. Petrotechnical. Petrotechnical. Yeah. You could argue that Chevron isn't... Yeah. It sounds like a nine-figure contract. Yes, it does. But They said big oil should not have the luxury of choosing the most convenient and profitable service. That's actually uh, how works. It's imperative that all of the tech companies stand together, denounce the usage of cloud and AI services for non-renewable energy extraction. What if they told you that they were partnering on Microsoft to make their stuff more efficient so it would release fewer greenhouse gases? Do they mention that at all? No. Do the people who complained about this uh, account with Chevron said, said offer any solutions other than you shouldn't talk with big oil? You shouldn't have an account with Chevron even though it gives us all... Paychecks and health insurance. Mm.
1: I mean, go have. Go I don't make think an account that Microsoft uh, Solar City go make an account over there. That'd be good.
0: Well, I mean, I don't think that Microsoft really is going to have. First, they probably already have an account with Chevron. I'm sure that Chevron uses Windows and Windows Server and Microsoft Office and all that stuff. But yep. aside from that, like. They haven't offered any solutions, and if Chevron said, yeah, we want to help make better light bulbs, that's why we're partnering with Microsoft for the new Microsoft smart home, take that. What do they say? They didn't say anything. There's such a, 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 a myopicism, is that a word? There's such a, myop, a myopicness myopicism. Myopicism. To, to, to this kind of thinking. It's a big oil company. Chevron, if they were thinking properly, are an energy company and not an oil company. And as we move into the 21st century, if they want to stick around, they should be investigating ways of getting out of oil while maintaining profitability and stuff like that, which they might be able to do with another giant 20th century company like Microsoft. Yeah. But, the you know, with, I, for the that, I, companies... that's called hate speech, Ryan, and I, I think we might get demonetized.
1: Yeah, I mean, they measure so. the wrong... I, I th- One of the reasons that companies get stuck in a trench is they... They have their KPIs, and they may very well know the directions they need to go in, but it's really hard to stomach those one, two years where you go against your your financial interests. You know, you get accused of violating fiduciary responsibility. They but might the thing know. Is, is
0: that every one of these giant companies needs to understand that... Innovation is part of the budget that they have to adapt to new technologies, rather than digging their heels into the sand. Which they say, whenever you watch these documentaries about how America became a global superpower in the 20th century, it's all built on disruptive innovation. Those companies yeah. that disrupted Gilded Age companies haven't done and are, are going to be disrupted, and they're trying to stop it. They're not watching the own doc, their own documentaries about it. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's systemic too, so you can't you can't stop it. It's like a it's like a you can't you can't unsee it you can't unsee these dynamics and you can't even escape them you just kind of get stuck in them i think and so i think a lot of these companies are they actually have a hard time changing their own direction because they're already succeeding in one way it's just very hard to divert resources look how look how long it has taken for car companies to start diverting resources into electric cars despite despite the ri- ridiculous amount of brand power that Tesla has, like how long it's taken other car companies, I think. Um,
0: well, that's because it? they specifically sabotaged earlier developments of the electric car to maintain their their petrol business. Yeah, you
1: hear that? Well, They could have
0: done it a hundred years ago. I'm sorry. They could have done it 80 years ago, 70 years ago and they didn't. They wanted, they said, oh, gas is that? five cents a gallon. Let's just fill her up.
1: Daimler has stopped all of their development of uh, gasoline engine technology—they've stopped. Yes, any but they're research. a
0: European company now, aren't
1: they? Yeah, yeah, they're a European company, but they've stopped all of their petrol engine research, and they're diverting all of their R and D and future engineering and development into electric cars. They're Go one on. of the first companies to do it after Tesla. Good. They might be the first company to do it after Tesla.
0: All right, let's move on. It looks like we're getting close to the hour mark, so why don't we? Uh, why don't we? Try to pick up the pace a little bit. I wanted to talk about this really nasty exploit called Not Petia, which is kind of—it's kind of funny. Uh, let's put some of the Don't uh, Petia, Not Petia. Let's put on some kind of uh, funny music for this one. Not Petia is it? Really, it's a disgusting kind of uh, ransomware. Is it? Uh, it's a really disgusting virus that has infected FedEx, actually, to the tune of a lot of the FedEx chief brass dumping millions of dollars worth of stock, which is humorous to say the least. So what's the deal? Um, not Petya took its name from its, uh, from its resemblance to the earlier Petya ransomware. Uh, a piece of criminal code that surfaced in early 2016 and extorted victims to pay for a key to unlock their files. Pretty standard ransomware, would you agree? Mm-hmm. But, not Petya's ransomware messages were only a ruse. The malware's goal was purely destructive. It irreversibly encrypted com- computers' master boot records, uh, and any ransom payment the victims tried to make was futile. No encryption key even existed to reorder the scrambled noise of their victims' contents. The release of NotPetya was an act of cyber war by almost any definition, one that was likely more explosive than even its creators had intended. Within hours of its first appearance, the worm raced beyond the very stereotypically or cliche origin of Ukraine and out to countries, countless machines around the world, from hospitals in Pennsylvania to any other idiot that stupidly connected their insecure piece of equipment to the Internet, like a chocolate factory in Tasmania. Hmm. Hey, this EKG machine has an Ethernet cable. Should we plug? Should we? Because you see, we can get Facebook on it, and then it gets destroyed with one of these ransomwares. So, Surprise! <laughs> cr- crippled multinational companies, including Maersk, which is a uh, a company I've seen that does heavy construction, I guess. And and uh, not related, but very similarly spelled Merck. FedEx's European subsidiary, TNT Express, the French construction company. Uh, we all work on Sunday. San Gobain. Uh, food producer Mondelēz and manufacturer Reckitt uh, Benckiser. In each case, it infected nine and inflicted nine-figure costs. It even spread back to Russia, striking the state of the oil or striking the state oil company Rosneft. Man, the result was more than ten billion dollars in total damages lost, according to a White House assessment. Uh, yeah, it's
1: kind of incredible.
0: $10 million is less than the amount that everyone is charging Facebook, so I guess the damages, the dollar amount is fine, but that money also isn't going to the government. It's going to these private... It's being charged from... taken from these private companies. <laughs> uh, even WannaCry, which is a more notorious worm that spread a month before NotPetya in May 17, is estimated to have cost between 4 and $8 billion, not $10 million. So, it's not the best... Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. It was... 10 billion in total damages and uh, the I, the 10 million dollar figure I misread because it also paralyzed the city government of Atlanta I think you had read about that mm-hmm. uh, that was a 10 million dollar ransom a okay. tenth of a percent of Petya's price so mm-hmm. it actually is twice as bad as WannaCry uh, and it's been around for about a year Making the rounds.
1: Let's let's make one of these. Let's make money.
0: Let's do no, that. No, I nope. No, no, no. I do not support the willful, uh, intentional destruction of other people's intellectual property, espe- property especially for gross profit. Well, it's not. It's not a you destruction talk to the guy of it. in Ukraine. It's not
1: the destruction of it, Eric. It's it's really just a hostage situation, really. Which, when you think about it, you'll, you'll give Which, it back. When you
0: think about it, the people that take hostages either get shot or go to jail. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Okay. Well. Good, good you, can, you can go ahead have a have a summer in Ukraine and tell me how it goes. Yeah, and we'll, we'll I mean, change your voice.
1: Yeah, you know, because me talking about it now certainly isn't uh, you know. It's a Anything really smart that could thing be used later if I if I had this plan.
0: No. FedEx founder Frederick Smith sold an estimated 31 million dollars of stock at 256 dollars a share in April 2018. Uh, it's COO David Bronkchek did the same in 2018, netting $12 million by selling at $2.25 a share. Other executives are listed at selling at roughly $1 million apiece in shares around the world at the same time. The share price currently stands at $152 a share after a massive drop in December of 2018. Uh, despite FedEx going on to some lengths to highlight the impact of its NotPetya malware and how that's hurting its business, including suspending its shares back... In June 2017, and announcing a 300 million dollar loss thanks to the code a few months later that September. Why is this story tracking backwards? Uh, <laughs> the shareholders argue that the executive team downplayed the depth of the problem, which is why they're selling their stock and they probably want to get out. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Do you want Do you want a, one more? Or do you think that's it?
1: A... Oh, I think it's yeah, that's fine.
0: Yeah. There's always more stuff to talk about. Actually, you know what? Uh, here's 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 one more for you. Uh, since we always love toilet humor on this show, let's talk about how a lightning strike ignited a flaming or, 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 uh, ignited a septic tank in God Only Knows, Florida, and caused a somebody's toilet to explode. Yeah, I, I do like that one. It's a good one. You can't make this up.
1: Yeah, that's
0: pretty. Toilet explodes after lightning strikes a Port Charlotte home septic tank. How does that
1: happen? I don't I even. I almost want to recreate this. I, that needs like a Mythbusters. That's got to be a
0: Mythbusters. Yeah, a significant amount of uh, a significant amount of damage was done to the home caused in a millisecond, leaving the family no time to react. Mary Lou Ward. Oh, I'm sure that's her name. <laughs> man right and her daughter laura beth sorry um her co-owner of the home said it was the loudest sound she'd ever heard the sunday morning blast shattered the bathroom toilet into hundreds of pieces it used to be our toilet ward said we have nothing now we got ward and her now. husband her i love
1: the framing. Are not, the framing of that is like we have nothing we've we've got we've lost oh you, everything
0: you think she would say bathroom. she wasn't saying it in a happy a happy voice like i did that
1: yeah, we got. Yeah, I want to hear it in like a true dramatic despondency. We don't
0: have anything. Please? We don't have anything now. It's so sad. My husband was trying to go to the bathroom and the bar. All right, anyway. Ward and her husband were not only without a toilet, but the indoor plumbing, which was relatively new for them, <laughs> was destroyed along with their septic tank. Uh, we come in here and the toilet was laying on the floor. Ward said, There's paces everywhere. Paces everywhere. Their plumber said lighting hit the methane gases from fecal matter built up in the pipes.
1: I got uh, I want to hear the husband just be like, I got up last night to go to the bathroom. I smelled really smoking.
0: And and I looked outside. It was I, smoke from the septic tank that was coming. For more than 24 hours later, there were still visible damages outside and inside the toilet. And I just, I don't know. We had to go to the Holiday Inn to use their bathroom. And that didn't look nice to me because I drive trucks for a living and I only don't eat vegetables. Um,
1: Why well, is the food on my food on my food?
0: <laughs> uh, she said Gratefully nobody was hurt Quote I'm just glad None of us were on the toilet That's the main thing That's the main thing the main a thing bathroom. is I'm glad none of us Were on the can at the time I opened the bathroom And I went Oh no <laughs> Oh no Oh no This is it I told no. you that septic tank
1: <laughs> I got nothing um, I want to know How much oh, electricity It takes to shatter Ceramic I want to know now How much electricity Do I have to it put It doesn't matter Because
0: more of that it, it's going to be in a, in a lightning strike, so is it the water uh, why don't you call like what part
1: expands and shatters that ceramic That's what I want to know
0: Well, I think that you'd have to get a lightning rod and a very high motion camera well it slow means motion you
1: camera. need a metal you need a metal tube, you need water in the tube, and you need a ceramic fixture on it, and then you have to find out like what. Something okay. Well, why don't why don't
0: you why don't you do this as pa- part of our new ex- experimental video series, Ryan? And then don't blame me if you die, but do send me the video, and I and we'll pitch it to the Discovery Channel or somebody else. Exploratory. We'll, 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 we'll look up Adam Savage's agent in the Yellow Pages, and. Uh, yeah, and, and ask them, hey, what about a web series, MythBuster? I
1: think that just needs to be an episode. Somebody's got to contact. Is, is Adam Savage behind that show anymore? Did they retire that show? What I happened think,
0: with that? I think, I believe he has a YouTube series where he's starting it up again. Just does whatever he wants. He's like, he tried to stop,
1: but he's like, I just love it too much. He, I he's love
0: like it. Seth MacFarlane and Family Guy. He tries to stop, and people keep pulling him back in. I, I can not even stop. want to do this anymore. I don't like All it. All right. Speaking of stopping, it's time for us to put an end to this episode. So, Ryan, after 81 pull requests, do you approve this episode? Merge. All right. How about our wonderful studio audience? Yes. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, then, let's all hit merge. And we'll see you next week, hopefully, right here on Pull Request. And stay tuned for a new hot topic. This has been the Pneumonium production. The views and opinions expressed on Book Request do not necessarily reflect those of Pneumonium LLC or its subsidiaries. This week's theme music provided by Pack. Visit them at VULFPECK.com.